All right, everybody, welcome to Elevate Youth. I'm so glad you guys are here with us tonight. Man, I'm so excited for tonight because we're going to be talking about outreach. We're going to be talking about our, um, we're going to be launching an outreach ministry here at Elevate, and I am so excited. But before I get into it, um, I just wanted to just um, remind everybody what our vision here is, that here is, what our vision here it is at Elevate. Man, I cannot talk tonight. It is a good thing that I've got, I'm going to have three other people to take some of the load off for me, but um, at Elevate, we believe, we, are, we exist to see teenagers and students do three things, to reach up to God, to raise up others, and to rise up to their calling. And so what we're going to be really focusing on tonight is the um, reach, raising up others, is to raise up people around us and to bring them the light that God has for us and the, um, just the love, of Jesus, the love of Jesus that he has through us. And so I'm super excited for it. And um, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having a panel up here, um, including myself. I'm going to be hosting it. But we're going to be, like I said, we're going to be launching an outreach ministry that is going to be led by our very own Kelsey, Kayla, and Andrew. And so what I want to do right now is I want to invite them up on stage with us. Let's give them a big round of applause as they come up. It's awesome. Keep it going. Keep it going. They're not on stage yet. There we go. There he is. That's right, that's right. You got some fans out here. Okay. Hey, I heard that, I heard that, thank you, thank you. All right, so like I said, these guys, are, we're gonna be starting an outreach uh, effort here at Elevate, and um, we're gonna be talking about what outreach looks like, why it's important, and just the things that we can be doing to better connect with outreach. And before we do, I kind of want you, each of you guys to introduce yourself. And since we're talking about outreach, if you would just share a story or an experience that you had in an outreach effort or an outreach ministry. So, Angie, would you start us off there? Yeah. Never mind. No? Okay. Hello? Did, did you turn it on? I'm supposed to do that? Isn't that your job? No, it's not my job. Sean's fired. He didn't turn on Okay, yeah. You got me. I can't get fired, so, you know. Uh, my phone's going to keep turning itself off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so, hi, I'm Andrew. Um, thank you, thank you. I've been at Elevate for, like, seven years now, probably six or seven years since 2015, so seven years now. Um, and, yeah, I grew up in Elevate all through high school, and I've been a leader for almost three years now. Um, and I really, really love it. And I also really love how this is already just uh, a, this sounds weird for me to say this, but this is an outreach opportunity for me because you guys all really, really need Jesus. And like, <laughs> I'm perfect, so I can, it's fine. I can give it to you. No, but it's, it's a challenge for me and it's like stretching myself already and it's preparing me to go out into the rest of the world and share the gospel and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I was thinking through a couple different um, outreach things that I've done. And the, the best one I can think of was probably, um, so I went to this church and they actually, they had a youth group similar to this, but it was just like full of really, really, 
like crazy, like super crazy kids and like teenagers and stuff. And like, you know me, like I was perfect and really good. <laughs> so like I was able to go, the, the youth group is called uh, Elevate. This is like no, nothing, nothing, okay. no similarities. So I had that joke uh, planned out in my head and then I said the first thing so that didn't work out as well. Sorry. But the, the, the real thing that I was thinking of, uh, uh, my, uh, a group of people that like my family used to be involved with would go out um, once a month and just do like random serving ministry stuff like around the city. We would clean up stuff. We would like rake leaves, just whatever people needed. Um, like as a church, as church people, as Christians, we would go and be like, hey, we're Christians, we wanted to serve you, what can we do to help? Um, and for a long time, um, one of the things that we did was, like every three months or so, we would just go down to this homeless shelter in Kansas City, and all we would do is we would have like a little church service there, um, we would do a little worship, and then we would just have like a short 10 or 15 minute sermon, it would be less than an hour, the whole thing. But I was only like, 11 or 12 at the time and I actually played drums I didn't know anything but I, I played drums for the the worship um with it was Bob Van Camp if any you guys know him was leading worship um and that was like the first big ministry opportunity thing I had and it was really cool just to see like we would also like serve them food and we would do like a Christmas party and stuff and it was really cool to see just like their the very small things that we did for them and the impact it had like it was like 45 minutes was like the whole day and it like changed their week and it was like they everyone there would look forward to it and they were like super receptive to the gospel just because we were the only people there like we were wanting to bless them first and we weren't trying to like necessarily push anything on them but we were just trying to love them so i think that really uh impacted me and like what I want to do for outreach is just like bless people and stuff. So how would, would you say that changed your perspective at all on maybe what outreach looks like or even the church's mission and objective for outreach? I would say that it really changed my perspective from um, just, I say, I, I don't wanna say just, but just preaching the gospel to people to being like, I want to love people and bless people. And yes, I want to preach the gospel yeah. to them, but I don't want to forget mm -hmm. to love them and respect them and, and stuff too. And preaching the gospel is really important. And, mm -hmm. But, you know, God tells us to love people. So, yeah. Well, it's like the Bible says they'll know we're Christians by our love. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's really good. Kayla, um, you need, she needs the microphone. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's only one. There's only one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so mine, I have, again, I have many I could think of as well. <clears throat> but I wanted to go with the first one, uh, the first bigger uh, outreach opportunity I had when I was a little older. I had a lot that I did when I was younger, like a younger kid. But when I first really was understanding what I was doing, um, which some of you, a lot of you actually may know uh, what this is, but it was Camp Comcedo. Um, I love, I'm, I had to stop myself to not talk for like 30 minutes just about 
that. <laughs> um, but it's basically just like a camp for kids. It's for mostly like inner city kids, um, foster, some living in broken homes, stuff like that. And it's just like a week of camp, and you're pouring Jesus' love on them, basically. That's what it is. Um, but uh, my first time I did that was I was probably like 14, maybe, 14, 15. Um, and I, to be honest, I kind of was going into it just like, oh, my friends are going. It's, there's kids there. It sounds like a fun thing to do. There we go, you know? Um, but I really was surprised because I went in, and uh, a big thing that happened in me was it's almost like my heart was awakened to, I don't know, this makes me sound like bad, but like people other than myself <laughs> in a way, you know, yeah. just like the need. Yeah. Like there are people and especially like these kids that need Jesus and his love so much. And um, yeah, sort of like what Andrew was saying, it wasn't like, yes, the, during the week we were sharing Jesus with them, but we were also caring for them. We were feeding them. We dressed them. Uh, like, you know, we were caring for them. And it was very um, eye-opening to me to see how these little kids were just like little kids. Some of them were like four years old and how broken they were and how in need, how much they needed Jesus's love and how I had everything I needed and I, I don't know, just like how much more I could do for them. And yeah, anyway, but yeah, that going into Comcito, that was like something that uh, really like started a fire in my heart for specifically kids, but just in general, just how it can be easy to kind of get lost or uh, wrapped up in our lives and everything with our busy day-to-day -day, uh, that we forget that how there's so many people who need Jesus and need his love, and not just for us to go say, hey, you need Jesus, but yeah, like we'll be known by our love. And so, uh, yeah, we do that in so many ways. And so that was really cool. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, I've participated in Camp Comcito myself, and it's really crazy because I think we can think a lot of times that it's like, um, you know, we think back on our childhood, it's like, I wish I had somebody that I could look up to. I wish I had somebody that just legit, legitimately cared about me and appreciated me and listened to me. And places, opportunities like that give us a huge opportunity to be that for somebody else, like be the thing that we wish we would have had. Mm -hmm. and, um, and a lot of times I think that God blesses us for that because a lot of times we look into the eyes of these kids that are in broken homes or come from rough backgrounds and we can see ourselves in it. And I think that having that opportunity isn't a great opportunity for us to lay ourselves down at least for a week to be able to lift these kids up. I've heard stories from Camp Comcito of like a decade and a half later of a kid that now has grown up, but they recognize the room leader that was with them, you know, 15 years later, and they're crying because like they're saying like, you've changed my life. Like you don't realize how much one week can impact those yeah. kids, so. 
Really cool, really cool stuff. All right, Kelsey. Okay, uh, so my story is actually from this uh, last summer. And uh, so my friend, my parents are friends um, with these pastors at another church in Oklahoma. <clears throat> and their youth group was going out on like a trip. Uh, but their worship leader wasn't able to go. And so they asked if I could go and lead worship for them for a week. And I was like, sure, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I've never met any of these people before. Like, I knew, no, I knew of them because of my parents, but I literally have never met any of them. Uh, and I drove to Branson by myself. I'd never done that before. And just had to find them at this place, condo place. Um, and like immediately, it was like I hit, literally hit the ground running because I had to like immediately meet every single person, try to learn their names and like start connecting with these teenagers. Like, and it was crazy because we started having like deep conversations within hours. And I'm like, okay, we're going like immediately. Here we go. <laughs> um, but it was really cool, uh, getting, and it was just me and an acoustic guitar, uh, singing, like leading worship, this group of 50 people that I've never met before. Uh, and it was something so much out of my comfort zone to like literally just say yes to doing that. Um, but I felt that the Holy Spirit was empowering me to do that. And it was, I'm so grateful for that opportunity because it pushed me out, like kind of like what Kayla was saying, pushed me out of myself so much. And like I was so far out of my comfort zone doing that, um, that it was like literally only God was the one who could strengthen me to do that and give me the courage to actually drive to Branson and lead a random group of 50 people in worship every night. <clears throat> um, but it's crazy how much that, changed me um, because I literally like coming back here felt like lighter and like there wasn't as much like I didn't yeah. in, a, in a good way I didn't care as much what other people thought about me because whenever I was like leading worship for that group of 50 people I I, I mean you think I can go all out here I like was going all out all the time like, I did not care at all. I was, like, screaming stuff out and, like, just praying, like, really, like, super strong, bold prayers for, like, these teenagers. And it was, I just didn't care. It was, like, this, this weight of what other people thought of me just kind of came off because I said yes to stepping out of my comfort zone with God. And as I said yes and as I stepped out, he strengthened me. And sometimes it's like he prepares you before you do something. But a lot of times he prepares you more as you're actually walking out um, and doing it. Even if maybe there is a little bit of fear or nervousness, but you're still saying, no, God, God's calling me here. And so I'm going to go and he will strengthen me, empower me to do it um, with his spirit. That's awesome. 
So would you say that because of that experience, because you said yes, you are much more willing to put yourself in uncomfortable positions to obey? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not like, you know, all the way, all the time. But um, there's something about, it's almost like it takes practice or something. Like once you start getting out of your comfort zone more and once you start out, like doing outreach, whether that's praying for someone to be healed because they're walking around with crutches or um, paying for someone's meal, whatever, like whatever it is, the more you start doing stuff, even though you're, you're scared, the easier it gets. Yeah. It's like practice yeah. almost. And so, yeah, even coming back here, I was like, I will, I want everyone to know how much I love them so much. I will like go up and run up and tell, like just talk to all of them and like make sure, I don't know. It was just like, I wanted, yeah, just like my, kind of Kayla said again, like my heart was just like set on fire so much to where it was like fear of man kind of burned away a little bit. I'm kind of sense, seeing a pattern here that for a lot of people, putting themselves in outreach positions of sacrificing yourself in one form or another almost is expanding your capacity for your love of people. And um, I don't know, it's just hitting me right now, but something that uh, I, I just want to share like an experience I had with outreach before, which was also at Camp Comcito, like Kayla was saying, I was probably, I was thinking I was 15 years old, so same age as a lot of you guys here, but um, I was serving some four to six-year-olds, and um, I said four to six, not 46, by the way. <laughs> it's a camp for kids, um, but I was serving uh, young little kids, and something that God just really heavily dropped in my spirit during that time um, through another volunteer, but also just through my quiet time with him, was that he unlocked something in my identity, unlocked something in my future purpose in my ministry, and he said, you know, Sean, you are going to, you're calling circles around serving and leading those that are younger than yourself, and at the time, that was kids, that was four to six-year-olds, you know, and so what happens when I got back and I just enveloped myself in kids' ministry, and eventually that turned into youth ministry. And um, so I actually found and got unlocked and discovered a purpose of my calling, like a big part of my calling and my um, mission during an outreach event. And that was because I was sacrificing myself and laying myself down and not being on my phone for a week and not playing video games for a week where I, had, I was putting myself in this space for God to be able to reach me in a new way. So. So yeah, now we've heard a few of your stories, and so we're going to be talking about specific, like what is outreach specifically? Or I'm going to ask you guys a few questions, and um, Angel, I want to start with you. What is outreach? What, what would you say outreach even is, like, even on a practical, spiritual form? However you want to start that. Yeah, well, um, first off, I just want to say I haven't been... I spoke in the other auditorium. I haven't spoken in this auditorium. I thought that it was going to be like blinding and I couldn't see anybody. But actually, I can see everyone's just fine. So, oh, good. Yeah, if you're on your phone, I can see you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you better be taking notes. <laughs> all right. Um, sorry. Uh, I can't get fired, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> so, 
looking at um, outreach, and Sean specifically asked me to kind of find the biblical definition of it and what it looks like. Obviously, I don't think the word outreach itself is ever used in the Bible in the way that we would use it. Um, I mean, certain translations, it's probably somewhere, but not in the way that we use it today. So I just like looked up the definition. Ooh, sorry, wow. <laughs> I looked up the definition of the word. And this is the first thing that came up on Google. Google, Google. Uh, so the definition of outreach is the extent or length of reaching out. But then the like phrase that went with it to like describe what, what that means is the loving outreach of God to the world. I'm like, wow, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Seems like outreach is like very specifically something that Christians do. So like narrowed that down. It's like a Christian thing. We're reaching out to the world. But what I really liked from this definition, again, it was just the Webster Dictionary, um, was it said the loving outreach of God to the world. And I think a lot of times when we've been talking about outreach, it's us doing stuff and showing the love of God to other people. And what this kind of hit me was like, yeah, but first God reached out to us first. Before we can reach out to other people, God chose to reach out to us, to send his son down for us. He, he did the act of outreach and, you know, risk, risked things so that he could send his son for us to die on the cross for us. So, like, really, like, we're going to be talking about outreach, and it's difficult sometimes and it's awkward sometimes, but really, like, it's only your pride or, like, how you feel about yourself. Like, Jesus literally died on the cross for us. What, what can't we lay down and what can't we give for him for that? And sometimes it might hurt us a little bit. Sometimes it might be more than your pride. I, I don't know. But it's, it's just a, a sobering thought when you go into it with the idea of this was done for me first. That's why I'm doing it. I'm not just being a nice person or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the, the actual, so like that's the definition of outreach. But what are we talking about when we're saying outreach up here on the stage, when we're talking about events, when we're talking about whatever? Um, Essentially, it's just like almost, it's not the motto of journey, but it's almost become the second motto is let like the kingdom of God, let your kingdom come in Kansas City as it is in heaven. Like that's our goal here. And wherever, whatever city you guys end up in, that's your goal. That's what outreach is, is just making the kingdom of God come in that city. Whether that looks like bringing people to church, bringing people to Jesus, or maybe it's just blessing people with a meal or food or that's a meal or like clothing or something like that like it's the kingdom of God it's what Jesus did while he was here on earth um so I kind of uh or actually real first um Matthew 28 18 I don't have it up here but that's just the great commission it's also in a few different uh other books in the bible but that's just where Jesus it's one of the literally the last thing that he says while he's on earth. So that's obviously important. He was here for 33 years. Um, he said a lot of important stuff. And this was the very last, one of the very last things that he said. So it's very important. Um, and all he said was to his disciples was go into all the earth and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit 
and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And that's kind of the, the whole idea of being a Christian and outreach is just doing what literally Jesus said and a couple verses in the Bible is just go into all the world, preach the gospel, you know, make disciples, baptize people, teach them to obey what Jesus says. That's the, the very broad look at outreach. But I kind of wanted to zoom in because when we talk about outreach, we might look to, I don't know, some families maybe that we know that are, maybe they're like moved to a different side of the world or they're in like a super dangerous place or maybe they're in like Afghanistan or somewhere like that and they're preaching the gospel or even China, like the videos on um, Sunday. Like they're just like in this really dangerous place and they're preaching the gospel and they're doing outreach and they're risking their lives every day for the gospel. But there is also like, it doesn't always have to look like that. That is really, really important and super impressive. But I think a lot of times we say, we're gonna save the outreach, we're gonna save the Great Commission for those people who are in China, who are in these North Korea, these dangerous places to be a Christian. But really, when we look at the Bible, we kinda see two different versions of outreach. We see, yeah, really extreme, going to the other side of the world, um, outreach, and we also see a more close to home, day to day, quick witnessing and like just showing and sharing the love of God to others. The, the two examples I kind of had for that was um, for the like extreme whatever outreach was the story of Jonah, which maybe isn't the best story because he didn't want to do it and God kind of was like, you're going to do it no matter what. But you know, it's, it still happened and it was still like Jonah going to a place that was dangerous and preaching the gospel and preaching, literally telling them to repent of their sins and like preaching the love of God and also what's going to happen if they don't repent. And that was like super crazy. He had to, you know, get swallowed by a giant fish and everything to get there. And it was, I don't know, I actually really know exactly how far it was, but it wasn't where he lived. It was, I mean, it was a different place altogether. It was hostile to him. Um, and that's in the Bible, that we see that, and we see God telling Jonah to do that, and we see that many, many other times in the Bible. Um, but also, we see a sort of, I guess, lifestyle of outreach, um, which is kind of, I think, the one that's really important to us right now, especially you guys who are maybe in high school or middle school or wherever you're working, um, is just this lifestyle of everyday outreach. It's not a move to another country thing. It's just more of a, what can I do to bless people today? What can I do to bring the kingdom of God today? Um, I was looking at the story. There's a story in Acts chapter three. Um, I actually forgot to write it down, so I don't know which apostle it was. Who's Acts guy? Is it John? Paul, probably? Probably Paul. I don't know if he was converted by then. I don't remember what chapter he gets. I'm sorry. Um, but one of the, two, two of the apostles of Jesus, maybe, maybe Paul, maybe somebody else, were just like walking by. It says um, in this, yeah, I think I, I forgot to write it down. I just wrote the, the verse. 
But they're, they're walking to the temple, right? They're just going to the temple. They do that probably every day. And they're just going to, to church. They're going to worship God, whatever. And they see this guy, and he's lame. Like, not, like, he doesn't suck, but, like, <laughs> he can't walk. And, like, he's just laying by this gate. And everyone knows them. They pass him by every day. And Peter and John, not close not at all. Paul. Sorry. Not, not even close. Better call Saul. Um, but... Peter and John, they're walking by, and they see this guy. He can't walk, and he's like, hey, do you guys have any money? He's begging because he can't work. He's like, I need money. And they say, which is like one of the coolest verses in the Bible, um, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And the dude gets up and walks, and he praises Jesus. And it's amazing, and then they go to the temple, and they have their normal rest of the day. And it took like three verses and it took like 10 minutes. All they did was they saw a guy in need and they prayed for him and then he got healed and they went on their way. And I think sometimes we have, we think, sorry, I know I'm going long, but sometimes I think we think that we gotta go to Afghanistan or we gotta go to someplace crazy like Kansas or something to like lay down our lives oh, wow. for the gospel and which is important and that's really good and maybe we will have to someday. But right now, like what can we do with the time that we have right now? Like what can we do day to day at school? What can we do, like Kelsey was saying, if you see somebody on crutches, you can pray for them. You can, whatever, you can ask someone if, they, if there's something that they're needing. Like outreach is just a lot of blessing people and doing that in the name of Jesus and talking to people about Jesus and yeah. yeah that's, that's really good, that's really good. So um, I guess to kind of sum it up, you're, you're saying that outreach is really for everybody. Mm. That it doesn't, you know, it's for the people that are sent to foreign lands. You know, like I know people that are missionaries to like Thailand and it's, but at, but at the same time, the Bible's also saying that it is for our everyday kind of life. Mm. And it's for just going to Walmart. Mm. And like you're saying, if you see a crippled person at Walmart, that's outreach. Mm. It's going to go talk to him, pray for him. So um, it can be Thailand, it can be China, but it could also be Walmart and mm. your high school. So um, that leads us really great into our next question, which I want to ask Kayla is, why is outreach important? You know, we've kind of established what it is and what it looks like, but what makes it important to us, but also what makes it important to God? Yeah. Yeah, I, this is a very important question, um, part of it. Um, anyway, but because the why in everything we do is so important. You got to know the why. The why changes a lot, um, but specifically with the why, with outreach, <clears throat> which I'm kind of, I guess, a little bit going off of what Andrew was talking about. Um, I wanted to read this verse, and I don't have this on the screen, but uh, I'm going to connect it, but it's in Jeremiah, and it just, it's basically saying, uh, I don't know who's saying this. I don't know if this is Jeremiah. Apparently, we don't know who people are in the Bible. <laughs> anyway. It, it's probably Paul. <laughs> probably. <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> they're saying, I can't speak. Oh, oh, Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. 
And I really just felt like I wanted to tell you guys this because um, it can be very easy to fall into the trap and the lie of, even whether we realize it or not, of saying, oh, I'm too young for this kind of thing right now. This is for the people who are older, or maybe I'll do this in a few years, maybe when I'm in my 30s, or I don't know, when I'm older, maybe I'll do this. It doesn't matter right now. What I do right now won't affect anything. It's, I won't have any sort of impact. I blah, 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 blah. All of the things. Really, really don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that lie. What you do now is just as powerful and makes just as much of an impact than whatever age you would be. Like, seriously, if not, I, honestly, sometimes I think even when we're younger, sometimes it really makes a bigger impact even because the people we reach and uh, stuff like that. But um, so connecting that with uh, the why, um, I have three main things that I kind of thought of uh, specifically with the why behind outreach. Um, the first one, which is pretty obvious, is the people. Uh, the people as in the people we are serving, the people we are reaching out to. Um, a lot of times when we do outreach or when you're reaching out to someone, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of times you don't see the effect of it. You may not see, if you go and pray for someone, uh, you may not see the healing. You may never see that person again, and m maybe you, f like, you may not see it. Uh, I mean, going back to, like, what I was talking about with Comcedo, there were lots of kids that I uh, was with that were very difficult. It was very hard. They did not like me. Um, they hated me. They punched me. I have a story. <laughs> anyway, not getting into that. But uh, a lot of times, uh, you don't see the effect. Um, sometimes you may. Sometimes you might not. But when we reach out to people, the people in need, the people who need Jesus, which are so many people, um, it affects them not just like physically. So if we feed them, if we give them clothes, it doesn't just affect them in the world now, like they're to get more comfortable here, to live in a better place, to be more comfortable in their clothes. It, it's not just physical stuff. If you are a Christian and you are reaching out to people in need, the love of Jesus is pouring out of you and onto them. And even whether, whether they realize it or not, whether they are aware of the love of Jesus that is coming from you to, to them, it, I'm telling you, it's a seed that is planted and it's going to eventually grow fruit. And again, you may not see that fruit, you may not, but uh, it, it affects them and literally saves lives. Like people find Jesus through a simple act, through a, a big act of going across the world or a small one of literally being at work and saying, someone talking about a hard time they're going through and being like, hey, can I pray for you for a second? Like, seriously, like even if they say no, I've had people say no to me, and like a couple weeks later they're like, I 
can you pray for me now? Like, seriously, like, anyway. But that's a big one. Uh, the second one is why we do it is there is a change that happens in us. There is a change that happens in our hearts and in our lives when we choose to uh, die to ourselves and lay our life down uh, and share the love of Jesus. Um, we seriously, like, there's so much growth that happens. Uh, we're stretched so much and so much more open to obeying Jesus, spreading the word, doing what he wants to do, what, want, doing what he wants us to do. It is crazy how much change happens in us when we reach out to people who need Jesus. Um, again, like, it takes a lot sometimes. It takes, we have to lay down our pride. We have to step out of our comfort zone. Um, it takes a lot sometimes. Sometimes it may not take a lot, but sometimes it may take everything. And it's always going to be worth it, though, because there are people who get saved. There are people who find Jesus and live their life from the live their life for him, and then a domino effect happens. And maybe that started with you doing something that seemed small. Um, or maybe it started with something that took a lot for you to do. Um, but then the third thing, which is the real why, is it's for Jesus. Um, all of the glory and the honor goes to him in everything we do. And every, uh, again, the smallest things to the biggest things, uh, all of the glory and all of the honor goes to him because he tells us to go out. Like in the Great Commission, one of the last things he said was go out and preach the gospel, um, share the love of Jesus. Uh, it's for him. And uh, I wanted to quickly share this passage in the Bible. Um, first time I heard this, which is actually in a song, but uh, first time I heard this passage, I, it really hit me hard. So it's something that if you're really listening to it and really hearing what I'm saying and hearing what the words mean here and hearing what Jesus is saying, it's going to hit you, um, and you're going to be like, whoa, like, I need to search my heart here, and, like, what am I doing, like, with your day-to-day -day and stuff like that. But this is Jesus talking. So um, it's in Matthew 25, 30, starts in verse 31, and he says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? 
or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you did not give me clothing. I was sick in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And again, this is its kind of heavy. It's kind of like, what? Like, Jesus, you're saying, because while I was here and I did nothing for your people, like, he's saying, you did not, you didn't, you refused to help me. And that really, when, after I read this, I searched my own heart and was like, what am I doing? Uh, What can I lay down and do uh, to step out and lay my life down for these people? For, to show the love of God. And it may take a lot, it may take everything, but obviously it's saying here, you will be rewarded, and Jesus sees it, and he truly gets all the glory and all the honor in everything we do. That's about it. That's really good. Um, that's, you, said, you hit on something that is extremely important that I think we all need to get is that it doesn't, our job isn't to make them spiritually pure before we serve them and before we sacrifice to them. Like, you know, something I've heard a lot is to come as you are, but don't stay as you are type of thing. And so like, obviously that's like the eventual purpose, but when we're loving people and reaching out to people, it doesn't matter where they're at in life, it doesn't matter what state they're in or what sin they're into or what their lifestyle is. It's our job to love them and serve them and to give them food and clothing and a shelter and visit them in prison and all of that stuff because it's the Holy Spirit's job to do the changing, right? But it's our job to do the loving and it's our job to show the kindness and to extend them and it's for all of us. I've heard it said that you, you know, the calling of outreach and of missions is for everybody. And it doesn't matter if you're going away or if you're staying here, you don't need a word from God to love people, right? Like you don't need a word from God to reach out to people. Um, And, you know, we wanna make that a priority and just talk about um, how we can do that. And obviously there's a way to do it in our everyday life and in our, you know, day-to-day life, but we just want to kind of hit on a few opportunities we have coming up. And so uh, I want to give it off to Kelsey. And she's, and I just want to ask, you know, what are some ways that we can get involved in outreach? Yeah, so I'm super excited, guys, about these opportunities that we have. Um, like Sean said, uh, we met with uh, Chris and Felicia Athey, and they head up the outreach at Journey Church. And we have two really big opportunities literally like in the next several weeks. 
Um, and we are like gonna really, really encourage you all to show up and do it. Um, and I just wanna say one other kind of bonus or whatever, like good thing that comes out of serving together. Cause there's something about coming to a church service and like getting filled up and like even like serving each other, you know? But there's something special and different and powerful when we like stand next to each other and like link arms and go out to serve the community together. Cause obviously we're serving those people that need help and that are, are in need, but there's something that happens in the relationship with one another when we are standing side by side, linking arms and saying, let's go, let's go do the work of God. And there, it like strengthens the relationships um, within the family of God. And so, that's like a super big thing. And I believe that Elevate is at the place where it's time to start going out and doing that together. Um, so I in, insanely encourage you all to try to make, move your calendar around if you have to, um, to try to make it to at least one of these things coming up. But one of them is uh, in December, there's like this apartment complex thing that the Journey Outreach team has gone to a few times uh, and they've like kind of like done like barbecues and just like th these parties sort of where anyone in the apartment complex can come and eat food and play games and just like connect with people from Journey. Uh, and this December, uh, we're going to use like an empty apartment uh, unit and we're gonna like set up a Christmas party and it's gonna be like an open house so that like any of the families, the kids um, in that apartment complex can come and there'll be food and uh, like crafts, like icing cookies um, and like families can take pictures together for Christmas. And I just, I like just literally see it in my mind. Like it just seems so fun getting like a big group of us here to go and like help set that up and go and reach out and connect with families, with kids in the community. Um, I just, it seems just so fun to me, like to get to do that. Um, and so we will have like a sign up for that eventually. But the most closest one uh, is literally not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Ha who in here has uh, gone and done the harvesters at Journey? Oh, that's a pretty good amount of you guys. That's awesome. Okay, so it's happening again. Uh, on the 19th this month, but it's like the Thanksgiving one. So there's extra like Thanksgiving items and stuff and they need more people to help. Uh, and so we're like, we have a QR code. Oh yeah. Uh, and we also have a sign up sheet out there. Um, but I want us to get literally as many of you as we can to sign up for this. Um, like I want to blow away the people like, who normally do like the journey outreach for that and just be like, where did all these teenagers come from? We're like, we're here to help. Um, it just like, it's, it's so fun. And here's the thing guys, it starts at 6.30 AM, <laughs> which is so early, but um, I think it's worth it. Like Kayla was saying for us to sacrifice one day, one Saturday of sleeping in, um, to come together, and it's literally, it sounds so fun to me. Like all of us coming, 6.30 a.m., and we're just like 
If you don't know what it is, I probably should have explained that. Um, it's a pretty big thing, actually. Like, we have tons and tons like pallets of food um, and cars line up. I'm not even kidding. Like streets, roads, just like so far down. Um, they start lining up at like 5 a.m., like 5 a.m., 4.30, something like that, crazy like that. Because these people literally need help. They need food to get through the week, um, the month. And so... And I don't know if, you know, any of you know like the roads around the church, but the cars will line up past you know, this, this road, and they will just keep going all the way down past the Liberty Library, like in a line all the way to Journey Church. So long. And I think it's somewhere between three to 400 cars that come here once a month to get food for the week, and yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, so many people um, are helped by that. Uh, and so basically it's like cars come through and people are assigned to a certain pallet of food and you like fill their car, their trunk with the food. Um, there's also people who like will talk and like pray for them like along the way. Uh, but I want anyone who can to sign up for that. Um, it's 6.30 to 9.30. And another incentive to get you to come, at least I'm gonna do this, I'm pretty sure you guys are gonna. Uh, afterwards, we're gonna go to overflow so that anyone who was like helping out with this like we're just gonna go to overflow and like get coffee or hot chocolate or whatever you drink um and just talk about maybe some stories that actually happened or just hang out but it's just gonna be a really really fun time um serving together Woo. serving together uh helping the community uh, and like strengthening uh, our relationships with one another, and then we go get coffee. So it's a win-win-win situation. Uh, and then a couple other small things that I'll just throw out. Real quick. The reason I turned the mic on and created that disruption was um, I was just going to say, like, if you, I don't know how to say this, if you're feeling lonely and, you, and there's not a lot of close friends, one of the best ways you can make and keep close friendships is to serve together. Because you will not find, like, I, I, I'm telling you, my strongest and closest friends I serve with here at Elevate. And if you serve with people, especially your friends, you will, you will be hard pressed to find a stronger bond with somebody than someone you serve with. So mm. um, go into serve together at, at you know, this uh, November 19th, uh, Harvesters here at Journey, and then going out to get coffee or some breakfast after that. Like, I'm telling you, if you've never done something like that before, it is, like, top-tier human experience. Like, it's so amazing. And I just want to, yeah, just like Kelsey's saying, I just encourage you to go to that. Like, we'll be there, and yeah, we'll it'll be a be lot there. of fun. So. I'm sure lots of other, some other leaders will be there, too. Um, but just a couple other small things. Obviously, the Operation Christmas Child boxes are out there. If you want to grab one on the weekend, or even, like, a tribe wants to do one together, that'd be cool. Um, and then we'll eventually also probably have like a hat and glove drive, you know, like where we ask you guys to bring like hats and gloves for people in need. But um, the two big things are the Christmas party, which we'll have more information with that soon. And then harvesters, um, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. I did not realize how long we've been going. I know, no, I know. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you 
our clock up here says 9.30, so. <laughs> yeah, it is not 9.30. It's 823. It's 820. It could be. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, it is somewhere. I'm just trying to decide how much more. I had some more, but I can. Maybe if you want to know what Kel more Kelsey wanted to say, you can come and ask her after the service. Just get, like, get a big huddle around her. <laughs> Whoa. Let me just say one yeah, wrap thing. Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, and Andrew's kind of talking about this. Sometimes what seems like an interruption in your life is actually the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention. So it's like you're going through your day-to-day, -day, like you're going, like, whatever, going to get your coffee. I just, I, lo I love coffee. Um, or school, like headed to your class, whatever. Um, you're working on a chore. You're trying to get your homework done at, at, at home whatever it is, and, like, someone comes up and needs something or something, like, it's, it's like, an, an interruption. Um, but it might be the Holy Spirit actually trying to get your attention and saying, hey, this person's in need. This person, like, needs a friend. This person needs somebody to talk to. This person needs prayer. Are you willing to hit pause on your to-do list to reach out and help them? Um, and... Like, that's the core of, like, Christianity is they'll know us by our love. And a, one way to show, a big way to show love is prioritizing a person over your schedule and making space um, in your schedule. And so don't see it as an interruption. See it as an opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So super excited for this. I really hope this... Um, help to open you guys up for what outreach is. So um, I want to invite the worship team back up. I know three of you guys are right here, but I want to invite the worship team back up as we wrap up here. And um, I just kind of want to just do like a quick little overview of what, um, what we were talking about and how outreach, oh no, Kelsey, <laughs> of what it looks like for outreach and um, so, yeah, we, we talked about outreach, and we will have a sign-up sheet in the um, lobby for you guys. But also, if you scan that QR code, that links to the same, that's going to be the same thing. And we'll put up the QR code at the end of the service. But as we wrap up here, I want to invite Michaela. I believe you had a word to share during the message. So she's going to come up, she's going to share a word, and then we're going to end in some worship and prayer. So here you go. Thank you. Um, I don't think I've met all of you. I'm kind of new here at Elevate, but my name is Michaela Ribeiro. Um, yeah, whenever you guys were talking, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was nudging me to come up here just because um, sometimes it's kind of nice to see the effect of outreach. I am a direct recipient of someone reaching out to me. Um, I know you guys don't know my story. I don't have time to share my whole testimony, but it's pretty powerful. Um, I was an atheist. I did not have a good background. I've gone through a lot of abuse and a lot of things in my childhood and my life that gave me reasons to not, you know, I didn't even like Christians. <laughs> I thought church was dumb. And, um, you know, people that I went to high school with, um, it was, I just want to make the point that it's about little things and being consistent about it. You know, um, I had friends that, like, they would, they never made me feel bad for not believing the same things as them, but they were just 
genuinely nice, and they would continue to invite me, even though I said no time and time and time again. And then that one time I said yes, they invited me to a, a music conference. And I feel like sometimes that's, that's nice, because I was like, okay, well, it's not church, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, it was a, a, music, a music conference, and um, it changed my life. And um, so the things that you do matter, and kind of like Kayla was saying, like sometimes you don't see you know, the fruit of that right away, but just consistency is key with people, and I'm eternally grateful for it, so. That's awesome, guys. That's great. Well, we love you, Michaela. We, we're so glad you're here serving with us, but let's all stand up right now. Let's, let's just come up to the front. We're going to end in worship. I just want to speak over us. So, Father God, I just thank you for everything you've spoken over us tonight. I just pray that you just open up our hearts to just have soft hearts towards the mission that you have for us, because we're all called for outreach. We're all called to be missionaries, um, whether that's near or far. It doesn't matter whether it's at Walmart or Thailand, but we just thank you and we just want to give you the glory to everything that we're doing. So Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship. For the Lamb has conquered and I will follow him to the ends of the earth. And I will follow him for the Lamb has conquered and I will follow him to the ends of the earth oh i will follow him jesus you're worthy of every tribe and tongue it's all for your glory till every soul is has conquered and I will
the power in your blood to save every soul. We're not ashamed of the God. Come on, let that be our anthem tonight. The harvest is ready. We have to go. give you that glory and give you permission to have your way in our lives and in our hearts. God, we repent of any inaction that we have. 
So Jesus, we just want to give you all of that glory and just say you're worthy and you're worthy, God. We just speak boldness and courage over all of us. We speak energy here, energy over us, God. We just thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a shout of praise. Come on. Awesome. Awesome, you guys. Well, listen, we're, we're resuming our 1 John series, Light and Love. So just read 1 John chapter 2. That's 1 John chapter 2. Um, just read it before next Wednesday. And the sign-up sheet for the outreach is in the lobby. And there's a QR code on the screen. It goes to the same place. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. You guys are dismissed. I hope to see you at the outreach.